And welcome aboard, everybody, on a lovely Friday morning. That's right, it is Friday morning. I don't know what day it is, the date, the 15th. And welcome aboard. Thanks for being here, Greg. Couldn't do it without you. Actually, it's not the truth. I wouldn't do it without you. I could do it, but without you, I won't do it. All right, so there you go. Okay, uh, let's get right to it. As uh, Once again, great to be back in town. And uh, the uh, hot stove starting to heat up a little bit. And uh, let's see what we got. But uh, uh, before, you know, the hot stove, we got to talk about uh, the sign-stealing investigation. And I'm not going to go into it in uh, true detail. But one of the most typical New York Mets, uh, typical New York Mets, uh, the Astros uh, invest- sign-stealing investigation. I think that players who were really involved in this thing firsthand may be suspended, or uh, who knows? It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's as bad as Pete Rose um, betting on games. It really is. And, but when your new manager becomes implicated in this story, that's typical New York Mets, right? Typical New York Mets. They hire uh, a manager, uh, and and uh, good morning, Phil Chaplin has just joined us, one of the rising stars in fantasy sports. And you'll hear, oh, this is only the beginning for Phil Chaplin. I'm telling you, I am so proud of uh, Chappie and uh, Arnie and uh, Kevin uh, and just a whole bunch of you guys. So uh, we will have some fun together as we climb that corporate ladder. Okay, anyway, uh, just to say, so the Mets signed uh, Carlos Beltran as their manager, and then we find out that he will be implicated in this uh, Astro thing. It's uh, just phenomenal how an organization could be so messed up just like the New York Mets. Strikeouts are up again 14 years in a row. Almost 19,000 shifts were put on right-handed hitters. We saw four-man outfields. We saw, uh, and the, and the four-man outfields are not working. There's no such thing as a fastball count anymore. Uh, Forty-seven players played five different positions. This is what it's all about in, in Major League Baseball. The times they are changing. Mike Trout edged out Alex Bregman to win his third American League MVP. And he received 17 first-place votes. And um, no matter which war version you prefer, here's an interesting one. No matter which war version, you know, there are two, baseball reference and fan graphs. Mike Trout, 72 on baseball reference. The next, this is since 2012. Mike Trout, 72. Josh Donaldson, 45. And then on fan graphs, Trout, 72.7, 72.7, Buster Posey, 47.1. <laughs> so, is Mike Trout an MVP? He's now finished in the top two in MVP voting seven times, and that's tied for second most since the Baseball Writers Association began voting in 1931. Albert Pujols, his current teammate, and Stan the Man, Musial, the only players with more top two finishes, uh, Barry Bonds with nine, and he, and look, you could you could uh, say what you want about Mike Trout. 
He won his third American League MVP in nine seasons. But in those nine seasons, and this is why I think the Angels are going to be hot and heavy this year. Hot and heavy. Who is, what kind of a picture is that? Okay, there you go. Uh, Tito Luna has joined us, D.K. Loesch, and the fantastic Mr. Toledo is here. So here's the other deal now, okay? So with Mike Trout, in nine seasons, Mike Trout has played in three postseason games, and the Angels have lost all three games. (laughs) MVP, MVP, yeah, there you go. So that's why I'm thinking that the Angels, and we say this a lot, almost every year, this could be the year that the Angels decide to uh, take advantage of what they have and go for it. If there's one team that you'd like to see go for it, it's got to be the Angels. And when I say go for it, I'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Uh, Cody Bellinger wins the NL MVP over Christian Yelich. I don't know about this one. Bellinger, uh, the first Dodger position player to win it. Since who? Who was the last Dodger position player to win MVP? Let's see how good you are, all you uh, baseball fans out there. Who was the last Dodger position player to win the MVP? Cody Bellinger wins it last night. Uh, Bellinger and Yelich homered on the same day 13 times this season uh, and back-to-back days twice. And uh, there you go. And here's how the the MV uh, the third the MVP voters filled out their ballots. Only Trout, Bregman, and Marcus Semien found a spot on all thirty ballots. And how about Marcus Semien? How about Marcus Semien? Okay, hot and heavy reminds me of Seinfeld. Yeah. All right. Uh, position players, Andrea, wake up, Lamont. Position players, not a pitcher, non-pitcher, okay, to win the MVP. All right, wasn't Rick Monday? That's a good guess. Wasn't Steve Garvey? Okay, so you guys are trying, but you're missing it. Okay, and I'll give you the answer, and uh, you'll say, "Oh my gosh!" White Sock Al has joined us. Thinking about you, White Sock Al. Nice to see you back in town. Sitting in your in your chair, White Sock Al, one of the few who have a reserved seat at all times. Uh, so anyway, uh, Trout, Bregman, and Marcus Semien, we'll talk about him in just a few minutes, uh, found a spot on all 30 ballots. Freddie Freeman got a second-place vote, but he was left off 11 ballots. Pete Alonso was named on 29 of 30 ballots. Kevin Pillar got a 10th-place vote. Jake DeGrom was named on 12 ballots. Jack Flaherty was named on four. Strasburg, two. Hunshin Ru, one. And Scherzer, one. And for the American League, DJ LeMayu was named on 29 of 30. Xander Bogarts was left off of two ballots. Verlander got a third-place vote but left off 17 ballots. Garrett Cole was left off 17 ballots, and George Springer was on 21 of 30 ballots. So there you go. The answer to the trivia question, the last Dodger position player wasn't Maury Wills, it wasn't Ron, it was uh, 
a fellow by the name of, uh, and I forgot his name. <laughs> uh, wait a second. Uh, we'll get it. Here you go. Uh, oh, yeah, that 1988. That's my clue. It was 1988. So you're not talking about uh, Pee Wee Reese or anybody like that. I'll, I'll leave you with 1988, and then I'll come back, and I'll give you the answer in just a few minutes, okay? Jose Abreu accepted the qualifying offer. Uh, he remains the White Sox, and they're going to continue discussing the deal. Uh, he's 32, plays first base, right-handed hitter, all work against him on the market. Uh, lots of talk about Abreu's big RBI total being irrelevant to his value, but hard to ignore his career. 332 OPS, you know, uh, unbelievable. Not, uh, look, 955 career plate appearances with runners in scoring position. Okay, uh, he has done very well. He'll be 33 next year. He led the White Sox with 33 home runs, led the American League 123. The first baseman uh, became the first White Sox player to lead the American League in RBIs. Now, the answer to the Dodger question is Kirk Gibson did it in 1988. He won the MVP, not Hershart. Tito Luna. Uh, Andrea again. Holy crap. Andrea got the answer. Kirk Gibson, all right? Kirk Gibson. Nice going, kid. Uh, Tito Luna was right there, okay? Here's, a, here's another trivia question for you that you can uh, you could try. All right, let's, uh, let's get back to it. The last White Sox player to lead the American League in RBIs, okay? Who was the last one? It was Abreu. Look, Abreu, 33 next year, led the American League with 123 RBIs. Uh, the first baseman became the first White Sox player to lead the American League in RBIs since who? Who was the last White Sox player Come on there, unholy, <laughs> to lead the American League in RBIs, okay? Jake Odorizzi, of course, accepted the uh, qualifying offer, remains a twin. He will not be eligible to receive a qualifying offer after 2020. And, uh, look, the market's not quite as strong uh, next year, so a repeat of this, uh, of, of, of 2019 should result in an excellent long-term deal uh, so we'll see, okay? Um, uh, and, and, and it was the draft pick that really hindered his, uh, his bargaining position. Uh, the, look, he believes he made improvements last year. That will allow him to, to succeed next year and head into a less star-studded free agent starting pitchers market, okay? And he, can, he won't have that qualifying offer to uh, bring him down. Wasn't Maglio Adonis? Wasn't Frank Thomas? Wasn't Canerco? What? So uh, there you go. Andrew got it first, yes. But uh, and Phil thought it was too obvious. So why didn't you give the answer? Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't any of these guys. Okay, the last White Sox player, uh, the last White, so uh, well, the last White Sox player to lead. I'll tell you what year it was. Or you want to know what year it was? I'm not telling you yet. Uh, but it, it was the last White Sox player to lead in RBIs. Um, now, here's something. Will Smith, the top closer on the free agent market, signed seven months 
before last year's top free agent closer, Craig Kimbrell. And that's a little a bit of an encouraging sign for this year's winter free agent market. Uh, I love the way his agent, Jeff Berry, effectively used the qualifying offer as leverage. Uh, he told interested teams he wanted the deal by, te- by yesterday's deadline or Smith would accept the one-year qualifying offer from the Giants. So in the end, it was the Atlanta Braves who bid on it. There's no a no-trade provision. Uh, but here's the other thing. Will Smith did a great job, the, but the Braves are still planning on use. Who do you think is going to be the closer? According to John Heyman, the Braves are still planning to use Mark Melanson as the closer. So Will Smith will be the setup man. Okay, uh, setup man. Okay, the last one not it wasn't Melton, not Baines. The answer was um, Dick Allen in 1972. <laughs> well, I may want to check that one out. Good morning to Mal Pal who has joined us. Nice to have you aboard, Mal Pal. Yep. So uh, uh, looks like Melanson, according to John Heyman, Melanson will be the closer next year in Atlanta, and um, looks to me like uh, Will Smith will be the setup man. The Marlins are considering uh, Castellanos and Ozuna, but you know, forget about that. It ain't going to happen. Two expenses. Avisel Garcia is someone that the Marlins are talking about. He could fit as Yasiel Puig. Yasiel Puig back playing for Mattingly could happen. So forget about Castellanos, forget about Ozuna. The Marlins, who really want to do something, they want to improve their offense. Yasiel Puig or Abazel Garcia, okay? Uh, The Yankees, the Angels, the Rangers, the Phillies, showing interest in Garrett Cole. Everybody's going to be in Garrett Cole, okay? And the Nats are going to, here's what the Nationals' plan is. They uh, look to get a quick resolution with Strasburg and Rendon. So there's time to move to contingency plans, if necessary. All right? They are slightly more confident in Strasburg. Okay? Uh, no word yet on any offers. Texas checked in on Anthony Rendon and also on Josh Donaldson and also the big picture. So we'll talk about Texas. Right now, uh, yesterday we went over the National League uh, team by team give you an idea of what the teams are thinking. So let's today take on the American League. And every day we got information from spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Remember that? (laughs) Why World of Sports. Zelmo is here. Let's start the podcast now. Good morning to Dr. Z. All right, so let's talk about some of the teams now. We'll start off with Baltimore. One of the good things, it's not really, uh, this may not be really hot stove, but the Orioles are going to play 16 weeknight home games starting at 6.30 and six more afternoon weekday games in a schedule, they say, that will allow families with children the opportunity to get to the stadium. Okay. So how about that? That's a, that's great. That's what baseball needs to do, okay? Uh, one of the Orioles' main priorities this week at baseball's 
general managers meeting, has been putting together a strong class of minor league free agents. And that lines up with uh, 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 Michael Elias, the general manager, vice president, said they were going to do all along. Uh, the Orioles still have to field a major league team this year, but they will not be spending big to do it. They also won't be rushing their prospects to make things look better than they are. So by signing uh, six-year free agents whose time has run out with uh, their respective teams, it's a decent way to build depth and possibly try to develop into something more. It's harder to identify position players than pitchers, but uh, uh, the statistics in the in, in AAA are so inflated. But uh, here's what they're looking at. Maybe a couple of players. Carlos Aswaji from Arizona, versatile infielder. He spent, you know, some time with the Padres. He's a seasoned second baseman who could move all around, cover potential trade uh, of Jonathan Villar, if that's the case. Luis Marte, he's only 25. He got to double-A in the Rangers organization, remember, 2015. He's got 1,600 plate appearances in the high minors. Watch him. Philip Evans, uh, he had a couple of shots with the Mets, spent 2019 in AAA, hitting 274. Mitch Ney, minor league rule five pick from the Blue Jays last year. He hit 304, um, and um, he struggled a little bit at AAA, moved to, from first base to third base. These are some names that you may want to just be paying attention to. Gasuki Kata, the Yankees, second-round pick who made it to AAA this year, hit 11 home runs. All these are players that the Orioles are looking at, okay? Christian Lopes uh, played 54 games at AAA, 23 home runs. And on the Orioles, they may have a chance to play, okay? Jamie Westbrook uh, spent part of this year at AAA. And a very lively Pacific Coast League, right? Uh, he had 16 home runs between Double A AA and Triple A. So there you go. Boston Red Sox, uh, if they're really hell bent on resetting the luxury tax, um, unbelievable. It could cost them, as we all know, it could cost them Mookie bets. But according to Jaime Bloom, whatever his name is, Bloom, the new general manager, uh, he is trying, and don't be surprised, he is trying to, uh, they owe $292 million to David Price, Chris Sale, and Nate Uh If they could do something with that, that could save, I mean, if you see the Red Sox, trading or dangling Chris Sale. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. It could be uh, so that they could keep Mookie Betts. Remember that. Don't be shocked if Chris Sale's name comes up. Don't be shocked. All right? Uh, so they could, because if they, if and if they trade... Mookie bets for prospects with a year left on his deal, okay, and stated the goal of hitting the free agent market is not going to bring a major haul. Though it might get a couple of interesting pieces 
and one name that jumps off the page, the Atlanta Braves with this kid, Christian Pache, 20-year-old Braves phenom who hit 12 homers across two levels last year. He'll never be what Betts is. You could argue that no player to emerge from the Red Sox farm system will be anything like uh, Mookie Betts. But, uh, all right, there you go. And don't think that just because the Nationals let Bryce Harper walk and they and they won the World Series is akin to uh, letting Mookie Betts go. N- no, I'm sorry. It's not the same. But if there's one team who could make a, uh, an offer for Mookie Betts, it's the Atlanta Braves. And they've got that kid, if the, uh, Christian Pache, or P-A-C-H-E, you know who he is. I just don't know how to pronounce his name. He could be somebody that if offered to the Red Sox, it would make the Red Sox look, okay? There you go. That's all I'm saying about that. Now, uh, the White Sox, if you haven't heard, Manny Benuelos was outrighted. Ryan Cordell, Ryan Goings uh, all become minor league free agents. Cleveland Indians, Francisco Lindor, he is a free agent at the end of 2021. And it's clear team ownership isn't going to be able to afford him. So uh, a lot of stuff going on, okay? There have been some media-generated trades that have included Lindor heading to the Dodgers or the Yankees. The Dodgers do not want to include Alex Verdugo. They don't want to include Gavin Lux. And they don't want to include right-hander Dustin May. Three of their better prospects, okay? So it's hard to believe the Indians would send Lindor to the West Coast with two years of control left and not receive at least two of those three players and more. The Indians won 93 games last year, finished second to the Twins. That we all know, 101. But um, the Indians feel they could regain the American League Central title again if they keep Lindor. So this is uh, pretty interesting. If the season turns bad, they could consider trading him at the July 31st deadline or during the offseason, okay? So that means that the tribe's trade partner in a midseason deal would get Lindor for a year and a half. They did the same thing with Trevor Bauer this year when they sent him to the Reds in at the deadline. He'll be a free agent after 2020. So, uh, look... They're trying to fill out the market. There's going to be a vacancy left by Jason Kipnis going free agent. They could use some help in the bullpen. Uh, Okay. Uh, Tyler Clippard, Dan Otero, and don't forget Danny Salazar hit the free agent market. All right. Yasiel Puig, they're talking about maybe he could return. Okay. The Indians didn't want to give up on such an electric arm like uh, Danny Salazar. But um, the problem was that electric arm was also uh, out of service. Uh, Last winter, they gave Salazar a $4.5 million um, uh, raise in arbitration. Okay, So, lost season... uh, Low velocity, Salazar's time with the Indians organization could now be finished. Okay? And um, so there you go. 
Salazar, he, what, he, he had a 3-8-2 ERA and uh, had a 10 strikeouts per nine innings across six seasons with the, uh, you know, with Cleveland. In Detroit, and once again, got to sincerely thank you, wish you a great upcoming weekend uh, with DK and Phil and Unholy and White Sox, Alan Zelmo. Thank you all for being here. Really appreciate it. No question about it. I love you guys. Uh, so the um, Alavila said this week that he's the general manager for the Tigers, a bat, preferably an outfielder or first baseman, as well as a backup catcher. That's what their shopping list is. The lack of hitting throughout the minor league, uh, plate discipline approach is glaring. And and they get this kid, um, and they got this kid Castro, okay? Uh, 25, five home runs, 38 arm. Keep an eye on this kid. Castro. Willie Castro. Keep an eye on this kid. Could be uh, of interest, okay? Showed good at-bat skills. He may get a chance to play this year, okay? Uh, He's an infielder by trade, spent time in the outfield. Uh, And Alex Fiedo. Uh, had a down year in 2018, but he came back very strong last year. The rebound wasn't unexpected. He was uh, shut down after the 2017 draft. He might not be the most athletic pitcher, but he can pitch. Keep an eye on this kid, Alex Fajardo. Okay, um, we'll see how he looks in spring training. He's got a really good slider. He's got a good feel on how to use it. He's got a chance to be a back-end starter. He's a good competitor. Not enough. He's got to, he does have enough stuff to hold up a fifth spot. Bottom of the rotation with potential. Keep an eye on him. Also, three other names that are going to be bantered around. Spencer Torgelson, Austin Martin, and Emerson Hancock. Hancock is a right-handed starter. He's 6'4", throws in the upper 90s. Okay, uh, he's got three plus pitches. Keep an eye on this kid. Uh, keep an eye on Torkelson, first baseman, six one two twenty, batted three fifty one uh, in his sophomore season at Arizona. Uh, Martin, the third baseman, he was uh, the best hitter uh, in a Southeast Conference last year by thirty four points. So once again, Spencer Torkelson, Austin Martin. How about that for a car? Emerson Hancock. Now on to the Angels. And we talked about this at the opening. Garrett Cole. Remember after the game? Takes his Astro cap off. Puts on a Scott Boris Corporation cap. He grew up in Orange County. He pitched at Orange Lutheran. Only five miles from the Angel Stadium. Uh, And there you go. And he, you know, he, uh, look. uh, I don't think anybody looks at the kind of money and says, I want to play near my house, so I'll, I'll give up millions and millions and millions. But he's a California guy. Uh, it's been said, and a lot of people think, that the Angels will get him, paying him at least $250 million. So the Angels said they wanted to sign two pitchers. Can't think of anybody better than signing Garrett Cole. Now, Minnesota... They signing Odorizzi, as we mentioned. Uh, 
83% raise. So uh, I'll tell you something. It's that uh, any team signing him would have forfeited one or more draft picks next June, potentially as high as the second round. So uh, the extra price absolutely scares off teams. Low is the offer. Uh, even convinced Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell to sit out after the draft. Remember that? Yankees are going to be interesting. Miguel Andahar, they say they felt uh, they've gotten a lot of offers from Andahar, but uh, we'll see what happens. No doubt that uh, Gio played. And Cashman says, okay, you can't deny how great Gio played last year. Uh, he would have the leg up on Andahar. But Andahar lost his spot because of an injury. So this is going to be one of the most interesting battles of the year. And then you have uh, Clint Frazier, the saga of Clint Frazier. In, 19, in 69 Major League games, the top return, he was the top return piece in the trade that sent lefty Andrew Miller to the Bronx. Remember him? Uh, look. He, he, he had uh, several players on the injured list. He played a big role last year. So uh, his personality issues may be detrimental, but uh, he just might need to get out of New York. And there are some that say uh, he could be an everyday outfielder and he could be a big piece of a, of a nice deal. Okay, Marcus Simeon, first A's American League MVP finalist since who? Who, so, Semyon was an MVP finalist. Who was the last Oakland MVP finalist? Who was the Oakland's last MVP finalist? All right, did I give you the answer to the second trivia question? I don't even remember what it was, but now I'm trying to figure out if I gave you the answer to something that I don't remember what it was. Okay, so let me just see if I, I can remember what it was. Um don't remember what it was. I know that I asked two questions early on. I don't remember what it was. Okay, I know that uh, one was Dick Allen, and I can't remember the other one. Oh, and the other one was Kirk Gibson. Yeah, okay, so there you go. I gave you both. Now the third question, who was the last Oakland player to be a finalist in the MVP voting? This one may not get you like the other two did. I'll give you that, Okay. This one may not get you. This one, uh, I, I, I assume somebody's going to get this. The last finalist uh, MVP voting before Marcus Semyon. Okay, yeah, Drew Waters also. Good call on that, uh, uh, Chappie. Okay. Uh, Semyon finished third. 22 third-place votes. Six fourth-place votes. Uh, so we'll see what happened. But he was certainly MVP worthy. Uh, Semyon led the ma ma Major League Baseball in win shares. That's a new one, win shares. He had 36 win shares, three more than Trout. Uh, how much an, in an individual player contributed to wins? He also had an 8-1 war. Third to Bregman and Trout, according to Baseball Reference. So, is anybody surprised? You shouldn't be. Seattle, here's the answer to the question. If you didn't get it yet, you don't ever get it. Miguel Tejada was a MVP finalist. 
right before uh that's right for oakland all right uh i want to say mcguire you could say it and you could be wrong it was uh tahada miguel tahada starting pitching that's the key to seattle and um here are some of the questions yushi kikuchi can he be more consistent justice sheffield justin dunn can they begin the season in the rotation? And who could they add to the group? Now, they did sign somebody, and I want you to pay attention to, because he's not somebody you're going to jump up and down for. Victor Labrada, 19. He's a left-handed hitting outfielder. He has elite speed, great base runner, center fielder, has plus defensive skills, strong arm, uh, defensively, uh, the comp is Guillermo Heredia, okay, in terms of defense. So at the plate, he's aggressive. He's a big swinger, likes to swing. Uh, he was a captain. He was a leadoff hitter of Cuba's 18 and under Pan American team, currently working out at the Mariners Academy. Just etch this name in your kitchen table, Victor Labrada, who may wind up playing some outfield for Seattle. At least you know who he is. And in Texas, they're looking. Uh, the Rangers pursuing Rendon and Donaldson. Rendon is the club's top choice. All right? Uh, they're going to be active this year. According to uh, uh, General Manager Daniels, they're going to be active. And third base is their priority. Uh, the Rangers are also interested in in Mike Moustakis, Moustakis a left-handed hitter, but they really haven't been aggressive on Moustakis. He is the fallback if they don't get... So you can see, Texas is very, very real with either getting Rendon or Donaldson at third base. Moustakis would be the fallback, but he's not even being addressed right now. Okay, Texas isn't getting Rendon. That comes from a, a source named uh, the Rotor Lady. <laughs> Where'd you get that information from? How do you know he is in Texas and getting rid of? How do you know that? Come on, lady. Just because you got nice fingernails doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays don't know what they're doing. They're going to be aggressive buyer this winter. That's what they say. And they should have more financial flexibility than just about any team in the majors. If there was ever a time to take a run at the big names, this is the time for Toronto. Okay? the Look, the, the Jays aren't ready to contend. All right? But adding a potential Cy Young arm wouldn't even change it. But it'll be a big step forward. Okay? Uh, they have approximately forty million, forty old dollars U.S. They have approximately forty million in guaranteed salaries. That's bull dinky, nothing. Okay, for two thousand twenty, the number moves to sixty million. Once arbitration cases settle, Vladimir Guerrero was ineligible for arbitration until twenty two. Bo Bichette, Kevon Biggio won't get there until a year later. Lourdes Gurriel is locked in for four years. Uh, next year, Tulowitzki comes off the books. 
The only long-term contract of note belongs to Randall Greitschak, who's owed $44 million over the next four years. So don't be shocked if the big surprise in Major League Baseball in the free agent market is the Toronto Blue Jays. And they don't, they don't disclose their spending limits, but the expectation is that the club should be somewhere in the range of $100 million next year. So spending 40 to 50 per year on the open market is nothing uh, yeah, nothing to sneeze at. They can do it. And, of course, don't forget, entering Monday's trade with Milwaukee, a couple of Mondays, Chase Anderson, uh, average major league arm, nothing about Anderson. He was acquired for minor leaguer Chad Spanberger. Uh, uh, look, but still, it's an effort to be competitive. And if they could load up in the offseason, who knows? Maybe a year or two, but we'll see. And finally, Tampa, uh, the entire Tampa, they're going to be there. <laughs> they came off a season when they won 96 games and despite so many injuries, made the playoffs. Uh, Zach Wheeler, Kyle Gibson, and maybe even Wade Miley would be welcome additions for Toronto. Okay? Uh, Cole of Strasbourg would never come to Toronto. They wouldn't move to another country, pay foreign taxes, uproot their families. Okay, I don't think that's going to happen. Travis Dorno is someone that they're looking at. Okay, they do have interest in Zach Wheeler, Hunshin Rue, Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles, Tanner Roark. They have interest in Michael Pineda, Wade Miley, Rick Porcello, and Dallas Keuchel. Those are the names banted around by Toronto. All right, there you go. Have a nice weekend, uh, Big Al, White Sox Al. Thanks to Greg, D.K. Lush, Philly. Great job yesterday on Holy Toledo and Zelmo. We'll be back on Monday. Same time, same station. We're home. We don't miss a beat now, everybody. And give me a call anytime you want to chat. 516-353-6375. There you go. We will talk to you later. Thanks for call thanks for being here everybody.